Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, here we go on a Thursday, back from a vacay. It's great to be here with a little cold nonetheless. Live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you for making us part of your day. A lot of choices out there. It's great to be back. Went to the beautiful country of Canada, British Columbia with friends. A lot of good food, a lot of good views. It is great to be back. I read... You know, when you're on a boat, you got some time. A little fishing, a little kayaking. Um, and so I came back and I thought, oh, I've got some big kind of big macro NFL topics. And Sean Payton handed me a lead. Uh, it's good to see you, buddy. Thanks for filling in. It was outstanding. A lot of fun. Glad to have you back. Well, um, so I, I had the great pleasure of working with Sean Payton for one year. He sat on these chairs and join me most Mondays during the football season. And I've said before, I've never learned more about football, and that is uh, no knock on any previous guest I've had, but it, it was really for me. I'm a curious football fan like many of you. I've never learned more football in my life from the conversations, the dinners, the coffees, the moments on the air and off than I did with Sean Payton. And he took over a mess in Denver and Jarrett Bell, an excellent uh, columnist and reporter for USA Today, talked to him yesterday, and Sean Payton, un- <laughs> this is so Sean, it's great, he unloaded on the situation he took over. Let me throw up a couple of the quotes. It's so authentic. He said, it might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. There's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed, tolerated in this frickin' training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know, Hackett. A lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he hit a wall shoot. They couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the football. 
Sean Payton continued. It doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed, and that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much blanking time trying to win the offseason. The PR, the pomp, the circumstance, marching people around and all this stuff. Everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. He continued on defending his quarterback, Russell Wilson. This wasn't his fault. This was the parents who allowed it. That's not an incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach who was here, the GM, the president, and everybody else who watched it all happen. (laughs) It's smoldering. I can feel the heat. I absolutely love Sean Payton and the confrontation to it. He's flawed. He's right. Nothing he said was incorrect. There's no BS. There's no waffling. Um, It's pulp fiction. They got a mess on their hands, and they called in the wolf. If you want to fix a culture, you got to nuke the old one. This is not a remodel, a tweak here and a tweak there. It's a total rebuild. Hackett was completely over his skis, and the GM from that team is still there. This may have been strategic. But the older I get, the more I like this. We live in a world now where the mob is constantly seeking an apology. People are easily offended. Yes, actions do offend me. Words rarely do. Dana White said, shove it. Right in the middle of COVID, I'm going to lease an island. Don't like it, don't watch. It's why one of the many reasons I'm going to another UFC fight this weekend. He's a man of action. Flawed, imperfect, but doesn't cower when he gets criticized. Deion Sanders, I said it a couple of weeks ago. Not everybody has to blow up a football program like him, but it is a way to do it. Deion Sanders walked in and said, there's the door. Most of you stink. We're blowing this puppy up. You're bad and have been for a decade. You know what? Dana White, Deion Sanders are not perfect. They've made mistakes. Welcome to being human. I love this from Sean Payton. If you're easily offended in the NFL, uh uh-oh, he stepped on toes. Whose toes? Hackett was completely over his skis, and nothing he said was untrue. I love it. And, And something to think about. And I've heard this from coaches for years. Lane Kiffin and I had this conversation eight, ten years ago. The more money in sports, and now the Saudis are in, they're offering soccer players a billion dollars a year to play. A billion. A B. The more money in sports that is granted, given, furnished, and paid, the more production and results are demanded, and more urgently. It used to be as a college football coach, You got three years guaranteed, and if you got fired before the contract ran out, the media was outraged. Now if you go to a USC, and I'm talking college and LSU, got to be around that playoff by year two, or you get ripped, and boosters start complaining, and the AD has no choice but to listen. And in pro sports, billionaires used to be worth $400 million, maybe eight. Now they're worth $20 billion. Rounding errors, $30, $40 million coaching contracts are simply rounding errors. They write them off. They get you out the door. Sean Payton has to win, and he's got to win urgently. 
He doesn't get a warm-up year. He's got to completely nuke this mess, and I love it. The more money, the more things are demanded, the less time you have to fix it. Dion knows it. Dana White knew it. Sean Payton knows it. And you know what? Sean's got what we do have down here. I spent a week in Canada. They are lovely people. Not much of an edge. We've got an edge. Our stars have an edge. They have it in Hollywood. They have it in sports. They have it in tech. They got it in Wall Street. We got Musk and Zuckerberg want to fight each other. Whatever. It's us. I love this. Confrontation, head on, make people uncomfortable, don't apologize, don't be consumed if you offend people at every turn, nobody's perfect, they make mistakes, full speed ahead, and the winner will be the Broncos locker room, the Bronco fans, and the people who cover them. This is the Sean Payton I went to dinner with. <laughs> I love it. Unleashing the Jarrett Bell who's on the show later. So... As we go into another football season, and I know sometimes I'm viewed, uh, uh, you, you think I'm, you know, I picked on Baker Mayfield. I was right, but be that as it may, you felt I picked on Johnny Manziel. And a lot of you feel like uh, last week, man, you were really tough on Justin Fields. He's 5-20. and 20. What do you want me to do? We're going into year three. <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers is different because Aaron Rodgers is great. And about seven, eight years ago, I started saying, I, I don't like his body language. Uh, I hear things in the building. I've been doing this for a long time. And I started about a seven-year journey on, I like Aaron a lot. He's great. I'd vote him in for the Hall of Fame. But some of his problems, some of his failures are on Aaron. And nobody wants to say it. The rest of the media have come around, I think, to piggyback on many of my comments. But... But I am a believer in redemption. I am a believer that people can change, and sometimes they need a new environment. And I got tired of Aaron in Green Bay, constantly droning on about retirement, not being engaged in the offseason, going to a darkness retreat, then shock when he came out, didn't give the GM an answer on what he wanted to do, and they moved off him. I got tired of that, Aaron. That said... I still always liked him more than Favre. He's smart. Uh, there's a coolness about him. I'm not cool. Maybe I look up to cool people. But I got tired of him in Green Bay. But Aaron Rodgers did something, and it's not a small thing. He took a $35 million pay reduction this week for the Jets. Folks, that's not a shave. That's a brand pivot. <laughs> okay, that, that is a realignment of your priorities. That is saying, I want to win. Brady did it. Breeze did it later. That is saying, I want to win games. I'm going to sacrifice. I made a bunch of money. I've never seen an owner give back 35 million bucks in any sport. They fight for every dollar. I think it's incredibly thoughtful, unselfish, and frankly, it does help you win more. You can get a couple more players. I know, I know, I know he's rich. I've seen a lot of rich people. They don't give money back. Sure as hell don't give $35 million back. Not in my lifetime. And I still have my issues with the Jets. They have an impulsive ownership group. I have questions about the O-line. A lot of their good young players are good young players. The division's brutal. The AFC's a monster. 
There's stuff I worry about. I do think Sala's great, but he is a defensive coach. It's an offensive league. But this is Aaron looking in the mirror and saying, you know, I probably was a little disengaged in Green Bay with the young players. He leans into it. He leans into all the young Jets saying, you know, I kind of droned on about retirement. Aaron now doesn't want to talk about retirement. Aaron saying, you know, I did take the most money. That's not exactly the way to win. Aaron saying, I'll give some back. I like this, Aaron. Didn't always love him in Green Bay. Admired his talent. Didn't always like him as a leader. Some people need a new environment. Some people need a new change. Green Bay doesn't have an owner. There's not a lot to do. You can't go to the grocery store. It's different. It's not all easy. New York is tough, but if you win, they love you. Here's Aaron on the realignment of his priorities. The team gave up uh, significant uh, pieces for it just to be a one-year deal. Um, I'm aware of that. Anything can happen with my body or with the success we have this year. But I'm having a blast, so I don't really see this as a one-year-and-done thing. Change can be difficult, for sure, uh, especially when it's that drastic, 18 years in one spot. But if you can lean into it and embrace it, uh, there's some really beautiful things on the other side. Credit where credit is due. I don't need to question his motivation. I don't care what his motivation is. I'm not interested in his motivation. Credit where credit is due. This is not a shave. It's a brand pivot. It's a realignment of priorities. It matters a lot. I like this, Aaron. How about that? We don't, we don't need to drone on, speaking of droning on, about the Jets much anymore. I'd like to see some actual Ws for the first time in 11 years. But this is not a little thing. It's not little. Do not think it's little. I've been covering sports for 30 years. I've never seen anybody give back $35 million. Owners don't do it. They don't. They always talk about players being loyal and players winning. All right, write me a check for 35 mil. Captain, Stubing. Yeah, they don't ever under any circumstances. So I like it a lot. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, 
and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sean Payton, the new coach of the Denver Broncos. And when I was uh, gone last week, I had a lot of time. I was on a boat with a friend, had a lot of time to read about the NFL, and we'll get more to this later. Denver's really one of the teams... uh, that is really intriguing between the Chargers and the Broncos. I know I love the Chiefs. I got my questions on the Raiders. I don't know what to do with these two. I'm going to watch the injury reports. Maybe that'll give me some answers. I love both quarterbacks, even though one came off a bad year, Russell Wilson. But this is important. Russell Wilson is somebody, and he's got a quality I like, is that Russell Wilson, and I know everybody's cool, is not really concerned with – um He's got a Kirk Cousins quality, and the more I watch that Netflix special, Quarterbacks, the docu-series, the more I like Kirk Cousins. He's not cool. He's a family guy. He cares about his kids. He cares about his community. He's not worried about cool. He knows what he is. He knows what he's not. There's an earnestness and a genuine quality about Kirk Cousins that I really, really like. And Sean Payton takes over a team, and a lot of people bailed on Russell Wilson. Some people think he's cringy, he's not a guy's guy. Some of it's jealousy. He's rich, he's good-looking, his wife's, you know, gorgeous, his kids are beautiful. It's the American dream. There's a lot of jealousy out there in all professions. But um, I want to go back to the Sean Payton quote defending Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson never lashed out last year as everybody, even me, was critical of him. Sean said on Russell Wilson's performance last season, that wasn't his fault. That was the parents who allowed it. That's not an incrimination on Russell, but an incrimination on the head coach, the GM, the president, and everybody else who watched it all happen. If you go to the numbers last year, beyond just Russell Wilson, the Broncos did nothing well offensively. They allowed the most sacks. They were awful on third down. They had the most penalty yards, points per game. They were awful at everything. It's not all Russell Wilson. 
And what Sean Payton is doing there is what uh, the late Robin Williams did to Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And I don't think Russell thinks it is, but it's always been a delicate balance between vulnerability and confidence for, 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 for pro athletes. It always has been. You'll watch a golfer fold in the last four holes of a golf tournament. A great golfer, a Greg Norman. You'll watch an amazing golfer lose his mind, get what they call the yips, can't hit a putt, can't chip. 8,000 rounds, forgets, forgets how to chip. It's a delicate balance. I watched A-Rod once drop to eighth in a batting order during a playoff series. I think it was against Detroit. He lost it. He couldn't hit. It was A-Rod. At the time, he was the most talented player in the game. It happens. And all last year, nobody, not one time did Russell Wilson fire back at the critics, fire back at the heat. He took all of it, which is exactly what you'd want a franchise quarterback to do. He didn't get defensive. He didn't get snippy. He didn't get snarky. He didn't point fingers. He took all of it and deserved a lot of it, but took all of it. He didn't go to the podium on Wednesday, hat backwards, trying to be a cool guy, a snarky guy, not his game. And there's two things that are going to make Denver good this year. One, Sean Payton gets Russell Wilson back to being Russell Wilson. And two, getting the guys in the locker room to believe him. And a lot of guys probably bailed on him. A lot of guys, this is the NFL. You get about a six-year window to make your money. Guys aren't patient. Owners aren't. GMs aren't. Players aren't. Not a lot of loyalty in this league. Almost none. I get it. I got years to make money. NFL players got four to six years. So there, this is the classic, it's not your fault. He's not only building up Russell, he's sending a message to that locker room. Don't blame the quarterback. Nobody could have succeeded with that coach, those decisions, the pom-poms, the PR nonsense in this division. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. What's really becoming clear as I looked at all the previews is the conclusions are more defined than I can ever remember. As the sport, due to safety concerns, has protected the quarterbacks and elevated the quarterbacks and protected offensive players outside of running backs, uh, it has been to the demise of running back salaries, but it has been uh, a surplus for quarterbacks and wide receivers and left tackles. Uh, they've never made more money. They've never been more important. And what I found with all the predictions I was reading is I don't think I remember a year when a division was more clearly defined, all of them top and bottom. We can argue about second and third place. Those are good arguments to have. But if you go through the division, overwhelmingly, here's how they landed on what I read over the last five days. The first place team would be the Bills based on their their talent. Uh, they drafted to their weakness, offense. Uh, and the last would be the Patriots. They just don't have offensive players in an offensive league that separate. AFC North, the Bengals are the overwhelming favorite and should be with their offensive surplus. The Browns, you know, you can argue about who's going to finish in last, but ownership, quarterback, there's a lot of questions about the Browns' direction going forward. Uh, and I think people like the momentum late in the year with Pittsburgh. And as J-Mac has pointed out, there's a lot of believers in Baltimore from PFF 
to a lot of data that love the Ravens this year. In the AFC South, people like the Jaguars easily to win the division, maybe the best record in the league. And the bottom is two teams with new quarterbacks, Texans and Colts. AFC West, overwhelmingly Chiefs win it, Raiders are last. If you go over to the NFC, again, there's almost a unanimous understanding. The Eagles will win the division. They should best roster easily. Commanders are last. New ownership hopefully helps. Then in the NFC North, yes, the Lions are the favorite. Best offensive line have shored up their defense. A lot of momentum. Probably best roster. Last place, Packers-Bears will battle for it. We don't know if Justin Fields is the guy or Jordan Love. Uh, Fields has shown promise. Love, we just have no proof. NFC South, Saints overwhelming favorite. Can't argue there. Derek Carr in that roster, easily the class in terms of personnel in the division. Bucks are a mess. They'll be in the uh, running for Caleb Williams. And then in the NFC West, similarly, Niners easily best roster. Cardinals easily weakest roster. So there's some arguments at the bottom of a couple of divisions. Uh, the, the ones that I struggle with, I'll give you an example, Miami and the Jets. I think Miami's got an amazing coaching staff. I think Vic Fangio may be the best defensive coordinator in the league right now, older guy. Uh, and then I think Mike McDaniel's brilliant and their offensive personnel's excellent. But I look at the Jets, Aaron Rodgers now pulling back on salary. What I worry about the Jets is the offensive line. What I worry about Miami, a big concern is Tua's health. I've said if Tua plays 15 games, I'd give it to Miami to potentially win the division. I think they have a stacked roster. You don't have to have a great O-line. The Bengals didn't and got to a Super Bowl. You don't have to be a great O-line or run team. Uh, So that's a really interesting argument. And to me, I'm going to watch camp. Who's healthier coming out of camp? Somebody's going to go down. You know, if if all of a sudden Bradley Chubb got hurt for the Dolphins, where's their pass rush? If Garrett Wilson, you know, tweaks a knee and is out for four or five weeks, early schedule for the Jets, that's not good. He's an emerging star at wide receiver, and Aaron needs one. Uh, the other battle is Denver against the Chargers. And I know people all through the Chargers building. I like them. It's not a humble brag. I just like them. But I have been the last two years very reluctant to embrace them. Um, and it's not because I don't like the personnel. But it's just the def- the defense in the middle has been so-so. And, you know, I got trust issues with the Chargers. If you've lived out west, you got trust issues with this franchise. And then there's Denver where new owners – New coach implementing a new system. I think Russell Wilson will return to Pro Bowl-ish level form. I don't think he's Mahomes or Burrow or Allen, but I think he's going to become a top 10 quarterback again, somewhere between like 6 and 9, 6 and 10 is my guess. They do have good talent. They short up the offensive line. Then you go to the Chargers. The Austin Eckler thing's a little unnerving, but the Chargers don't have a lot of flaws outside. Interior D-line is okay, not special. Uh, They don't have a lot of issues other than we never trust them. Nobody shrinks in big spots and loses more weird games than them. I think the best division could be uh, the AFC North with Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. If Cleveland's fourth, that's a really talented fourth-place team. Miles Garrett may be the best edge rusher along with Vaughn Miller in a decade. I mean, the guy's unbelievable and unblockable. But Pittsburgh last year won seven of their last nine when Kenny Pickett kind of figured out, light bulb went on a little bit. They don't lose when T.J. Watt plays, and most of Pittsburgh's best players are healthy. Baltimore is stacked, but of their top players, 
Outside of Mark Andrews, most have a history of getting injured. Cincinnati, I think, is the class of the division. Uh, but again, a lot of that's on Joe Burrow and an unbelievable receiving core now with better protection. So, it, but it did. It really did appear to me as I looked at it. The league is becoming more defined and more quarterback and coach based. If you've got a star quarterback and a competent coach, I'm going to take you to win the division. That's kind of what has happened. And we also know if you don't have a great quarterback or you have quarterback chaos or quarterback youth, and we don't know about your coach, Raiders, Arizona, you're last in the division. It feels like it's becoming more defined and clear. And the arguments are now between second and third and not first and second or first and fourth. Could be wrong. That was my takeaway on five days of reading about the NFL. Jalen Ramsey, by the way, carted off at Dolphins camp today. Jason will have it in a next hour update. That's the thing I just said a minute ago about, I said, uh, Bradley Chubb. So that's what I'm looking at with Miami Jets, Chargers, Broncos, Ravens, Steelers, those number two and three arguments. I'm going to watch camp. I'm going to see what happens. An injury to a key player. Garrett Wilson goes down, knee issue for six weeks in that schedule. I don't feel the same about the Jets. Jalen Ramsey's now carted off the field. That's a thing. By the way, less than 12 hours after Aaron Rodgers got his new contract, Dalvin Cook will be visiting the Jets this weekend. It matters. <laughs> you think? I mean, but we don't have to rush Brees Hall back now from uh, injury. Remember, we, the, we don't have to. I can say uh, we. Do, can I? We. Can I say we? We don't have to. I can't say we. Joe Hayden was on here yesterday saying we for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, well, he does play in the he, league. He did. He's not currently with them. Come on. I'm an honorary Jet up here. We. <laughs> we I don't mean, have to rush. At least I call. Yeah, I try to be at least reasonable with USC yeah. football. Unreasonable with the Jets. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we are looking forward to the show today, aren't we? Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. 
the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I haven't talked to my friend, co-host First Things First, uh, Nick Wright in a while. Every time I see Nick, he's more tan and the beard is longer. He is, look at that. I like it. That's nice. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll, I'm considering growing my hair and my beard until the Chiefs lose, but that might be well into 2025. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that I'll, I'll end up looking like Rick Rubin. <laughs> also, by the way, Colin, how many places around the globe are you going to visit before you come to New York City one time? <laughs> I've lived here seven I years. I, I think then you've been to every continent but Antarctica. Yeah, you made your sixth trip to Canada. Stop by New York City one time, man. Yeah, well, I used to live next to it for 10 years, and, uh, you know, I spent many a night there uh, hobnobbing with uh, the fun people of your neighborhood, which is yeah. a fun neighborhood. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Sean Payton did what is very uh-huh. rarely done fired back at his industry, yeah. <laughs> executives, a coach. Yeah. It just does not happen in sports much. What did you make of it? Well, I thought your take about the kind of, you know, not rushing to be offended. It's not the angle I had on it. I thought it was really smart and interesting. My takeaway was, though, of a totally different direction, which is Sean Payton, for all the shots, deserved shots he fired at Nat Hackett, I fear might be making the same exact mistake Hackett made, which was his biggest one, which is being in denial about the biggest problem, which is his quarterback. Even if they had the most seamless operation in Denver last year, even if they didn't have any of the issues getting the plays in, if they didn't have any of the issues on the offensive line, Russell Wilson's arrow pointing directly down, dating from his second to last year in Seattle to his last year in Seattle to falling off the cliff in Denver is a massive problem. This is a player who the first nine years of his career averaged 11 wins, never was below 500, never missed a game. The last two years, 
is 9 and 19 or 10 and 19, pardon me, as a quarterback, has been injured both years and obviously has been below 500 both years. So if Sean, I think we'll see what Sean does behind the scenes, but if he is going to coach this team as if they have all pro Russell Wilson, I think he's going to be sadly mistaken. Aaron Rodgers took a substantial pay cut. We know this to be true, that if you're the top-paid quarterback in the league, um, it's just harder. Uh, You know, Mahomes may be different that he can win a Super Bowl with nine rookies playing legitimate snaps. That's yeah. that's not the model, right? Like you would uh, you would like to have more that's seasoned right. people around it. Patrick's just different, but I I did think it was significant, and I do feel that Aaron is putting a mirror in front of him and is saying, "I didn't do blank 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 well in Green Bay. I'm gonna reboot some stuff." It does feel like self awareness. It's like, hey, I'm more engaged with the kids. I don't need to be the yeah. highest paid guy. I'm not gonna keep talking about retirement. It does feel like he's looked at himself and said, "Don't do this, this, and this." Is it to you? So I I totally agree. And the I'm skeptical about the Jets this year, and we can get into that if you'd like. But on this specific decision, even though I have been critical of Aaron over the last couple years, there is no criticizing this. This is an objectively positive thing for the New York Jets and for Aaron's chances to compete for a Super Bowl over the next couple of years, and it undoubtedly will gain him some goodwill, not only amongst the organization, but amongst the local fans and media that can, I don't know how much it'll help, but it certainly won't hurt. There is no yeah, but on him. This is, guys restructure contracts all the time, but that is different. That is just moving money around. This is taking more than $30 million that he was going to have to be paid and making it to where he won't be paid that. So giving up $30 bucks is a huge thing, and it will, in a salary cap sport, help the Jets. My question, and I know J-Mac won't like this, is how good should we expect the Jets to actually be? And I have real questions about them on that front. Yeah, I do too. I'm more in the 8-9. He's more in the 11-12. He's never had a bad O-line, and this could be a bad O-line. My takeaway on the Jets is that simple. Schedule's brutal. A lot of good defenses. Aaron's never had a bad O-line, and this potentially could be one. Is that That's where I live. I agree with all that, and I'm going to add this. People, I think the simple logic on them is they won seven games with the worst quarterback situation in the league, so how many will they win even if Aaron's not MVP Aaron, if he's just a good quarterback? And my question would be how how accurate of a portrayal of their season is that are those seven wins? When you look at those seven wins and they came against Josh Allen, that's a great win. Against Aaron Rodgers, that's a good win. And the other five wins, Colin, came against either backup or third-string quarterbacks. Yep. They beat Jacoby Brissett. They beat the Steelers in Kenny Pickett's first game ever when he came in off the bench and threw three picks. They beat, I think, maybe the worst coach-quarterback combo for any one game in NFL history when it was Nat Hackett against Brett Rippon. <laughs> they had two other wins against backup or third-string quarterbacks. That to me, They beat the Dolphins in a game that Tua didn't play. Bridgewater played one snap, then it was Skylar Thompson. So I do think... There are legitimate questions of, is Aaron walking into a 7-10 and team, 
or is he walking into a 5-12 and 12 team? And if they are that, then even if he's a big improvement, eight or nine wins feels like about the ceiling to me. All right, Mahomes took a team-friendly deal. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a highly paid quarterback, but I think he's going to be around seventh. Should yep. that bother him? Do you think it does bother him? Okay, I don't think it bothers him. And I would make the argument that he will make more money by making less money. And that sounds ridiculous, but my, so if we are talking about right now he averages $45 million a year and the number one paid quarterback now is at $52 million a year. So if we're talking about he's probably already cost himself, call it $10 million, and now it's $7 million a year moving forward. How much is it worth at the end of his career if he is near universally considered the greatest player of all time? Is that worth $100 million? Is that worth $200 million? How much has being the GOAT for a long time been worth to Jordan? How much will it be worth to LeBron? How much has it been worth to Tom Brady? So from a pure dollars perspective, I think Mahomes for going every last dollar will actually make him more dollars. Yeah. And from a team perspective, so that's just the money, and obviously it's good for the team. So if Mahomes had squeezed every last dollar out of the Chiefs last offseason when Josh Allen and others or whomever had passed him on the list at that point, Aaron certainly had at that point, guess what? Maybe they can't sign Marquez Valdez-Scantling for three years, $30 million bucks. Well, he caught... The critical touchdowns in the Jags playoff game and the Bengals playoff game. Like, it, the, do I think, and, and I know people have made the argument, Colin, well, they can restructure and they can move things around. That, will, that bill would come due during Mahomes' career, and at some point he would have less around him. Now, in a decade... If he's near the end and he wants to squeeze the Chiefs because the bill comes due after his career, more power to him. And I'll support him no matter what. But I think he is doing what is best for the team, but also actually what's best for him because his his ultimate ceiling is not Hall of Fame. His ultimate ceiling is the greatest player in the history of the sport. And in order to do that, he's going to need a lot of good talent around him. By the way, you had your NFL tiers, uh, and you you go yeah. all in on this. You Very have much. half the league represented or more. In fact, you may have had the whole – it's a lot. No, it's the whole league. It's the whole league. Okay. And, they, you know, it's named tiers. I saw, by the way, while you were gone, I saw J-Mac doing his NFL tiers. J-Mac, you do whatever you want, but I appreciate you find a different word. Tiers is proprietary, <laughs> you know, of, of, the, of this show and the committee. But go ahead. What's your problem with it? Because it's a perfect set of tiers. Um, Dark Horse candidate Green Bay, uh, Chicago. Yeah. I think Pittsburgh yeah. at the end of the year was significantly better than both teams. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're giving a lot of let's – just, just, let's just stick with Green Bay. Okay. Dark Horse candidate yeah. for what? To, to make the playoffs. So here's the problem, Colin. Here's the problem with, you know, and I'm not casting aspersions, but <laughs> with you. You're going to say, oh, boy, my dark horse this year is the Carolina Panthers, who I have going from seven wins to eight <laughs> wins. That's not dark horse. You're going to hear other people be like, guys, my dark horse candidate to make the playoffs, the Detroit Lions. And it's like, folks, 
They're literally favored to make the playoffs. All right. The definition of a dark horse okay. is a team that no one sees coming that storms in and makes the postseason, All like right. the Giants last year, some would argue. Yeah. And if you look at those three teams, okay. there is no clear-cut team in the NFC North if you expect that the Vikings are going to take a step back. So that would give the Packers and the Bears some eligibility, if you will. And the Steelers are never bad. They have an excellent defense, one of the three best coaches in the sport, and a quarterback in year two. So what I am saying is one of those three right. teams is going to shock the world and make the playoffs. This, again, it, it's very important. This is not a power rankings. Right. If you want a power rankings, go to a local hotel and open up the <laughs> USA Today they give you for free, and you'll see it. All right. This is a tiers that each category matters, and yeah. I just think one of those three teams is going to be a playoff team. Right. I don't think that's ridiculous. Look at Nick Wright. Nick Wright is uh, this look. You look I like. I know. It looks, I look ridiculous. I'll be honest. I look ridiculous, but I think, I think the more ridiculous I can look and stay on TV, <laughs> the more it makes my takes seem important. Because I think people are like, why is this guy? This guy must be brilliant. If they put him on TV looking like that. So I, it, it's all part of my master plan, Colin. And the pocket square brings it all together. Whatever all Thanks, is, man. it brings it all together. Nick, See good seeing you, buddy. See you, buddy. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.